Abigail Morby is a 2016 John Wanash Scholar. She has degrees in international law and has studied at Columbia University in the United States. She's lived all over the world, but currently calls Noosa home in Queensland. Abigail, welcome to the program. Thanks, Justin. Great to be here. So what um, what brought you to Noosa? Uh, I am super grateful to have stayed and been based in Australia over the last year. Uh, mm. I actually completed high school here uh, and then was based overseas for seven years or so. Mm. And yeah, I, I actually came back for Christmas and ended up staying for, for COVID uh, at the end of 2019. It's a, I mean, it's a beautiful pl- part of the world. It sure is. Uh, couldn't agree more. So are you, you're now working out of, out of the Sunshine Coast? Yeah. Uh, I think the whole world has seen this um, great shift, in, in my opinion, in uh, the ways that we can adapt and work flexibly. So, mm. yeah, I've been able to do uh, what I need to do just from a computer on the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so does that mean that you're working with, with clients, obviously, in, within Queensland and all over the place? Yeah, still a few uh, international projects that, that are international law, still practicing international law, and then also taking a bit of a delve into projects in the Noosa community, uh, which has been great too, uh, because the, yeah, the local is international at the end of the day. And it's great to be able to interact with the, the community here. So let's go back to the beginning. Where did, you, uh, where did you grow up and where did you go to school? I grew up in the Snowy Mountains, um, a little village called Threadbo, mm. population of about 200 people in the summertime, I think, uh, and it grows a bit in wintertime. Significantly but, more in the wintertime. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, yeah. as does Nisa, yeah. So you lived, so where did you live? Did you live in the, in the main village or on, on the outskirts? We, we did. Uh, we were, we were uh, sort of right down in the heart of the village and uh, travelled to Jindabyne on the school bus for mm. primary school each day and back again. Uh, but I feel so grateful for that childhood. Uh, it always felt very safe and you had uh, like a sort of constant exposure to, to skiing and uh, mountain bike riding in the summertime. So I'm going to presume you're a very good skier. I enjoy it. Yeah, love yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you yeah. start? You started skiing from obviously a young age. I did. Uh, it was it was great. I can remember each Friday at school in primary school was actually devoted to ski training. So it, it was the the ideal school. <laughs> and so, what's what's Threadbow like during the summer? Obviously, everyone knows it during the winter because it gets packed and people are there for the snow. But um, I would imagine during the summertime, it would be a wonderful place to be. It's gorgeous. Yeah, you really see the whole village uh, change, you know, with that transition between seasons. And you can hike up to Mount Kosciuszko um, and between a lot of the, the huts around the Dead Horse Gap area. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, like ju- just as gorgeous in summer as it is in winter with all the snow. Okay, so you went to school in Jindabon. Is that high school as well? That was primary school in Jindabyne. And uh, then completed high school on the Sunshine Coast. Wow, <laughs> that's, a big, yeah. that's a big change from the from the cold to the sun. It sure was, absolutely. But they're both beautiful places in the world. So, 
No complaints. <laughs> and so you ended up um, studying where straight out of um, straight out of high school. Straight out of high school in down in Brisbane at the University of Queensland. Okay, and was that that's, yep. a, that's a law degree? It was. Uh, it was a law degree combined with arts, and in the arts component, I did political science, French, and economics. So, what was it, Abigail, that made you first interested in either the law or or international law? Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think what it was uh, was actually uh, ski instructing of all things mm-hmm. through, through high school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had the chance to uh, to go over to Japan and and ski instruct in school holidays, and I think that gave me exposure to. I can remember having one group of you know the, the, these great kids who were ready to try anything and and push themselves and and grow so quickly uh but but within this one group there was a, a child from russia from singapore a, a few from japan and and from australia and all could speak multiple languages and mm-hmm. and did most of the the translation for me in uh <laughs> in the lesson yeah uh yeah and i think i was so impressed by uh yeah, by by that diversity, and then also simultaneously the the points of commonality uh, mm. that were there, you know, in in that group, and um, it just sort of gives you that that perspective that there is, uh, yeah, these these um, points of commonality that we share across cultures and um, and geographical regions, and I think international law has a great way of uh, enshrining that, um, and yeah, and, and reflecting that. And and just the the fact that across history we've been able to reach this um, degree of commonality and find these common truths, mm. um, yeah, and that and that degree of consensus, I think it's it's miraculous. Um, Terrific. And, yeah, yeah. So how so how then did you uh, focus your attention on on international law as part of your studies? Uh, yeah, another great question. I I can remember having a feeling that the reason I was doing a law degree was uh, to to lead towards this this specialization in human rights law and and hopefully being able to to practice um, overseas yeah and I can I think it was about a second or third year law uh, and, and I was sort of slowly making my way through through torts and and criminal law uh and then Thinking, and then this is not for me <laughs> <laughs> appreciating the the learning process uh and then and then making my way to the the section of the the tc burn law library and sort of just picking up those uh foundational texts on international law and uh before i before i was able to take the subject just um uh, yeah, picking up the material and, and getting a feel for it. And uh, hopefully that that prepared me for, yeah, an eventual career. Okay. So so how long was that uh, that first degree? Uh, uh, five and a half years. Five and a half. Yeah. 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 And so you finally finish your degree. Uh, and what happens then? After I finished at UQ, uh, d- during... In, in my penultimate year at UQ, I had the chance to study abroad. Mm-hmm. So I chose... Where'd you go? Uh, Istanbul. Yeah, Koch, Koch University in Turkey. Wow. Uh, which was great. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. Um, and How did really, you end up there? 
Yeah, you know, I think I chose, it was sort of a choice between Switzerland or, or Istanbul, which mm. just the way uh, with um, how subjects worked yes. out. Yeah. And, and I think I, I remember making a conscious choice to uh, learn or, or choose the place that I knew the least about and hopefully could could grow the most out of that out of that experience i'm sure geneva would have been great too but <laughs> yeah, it would have been, yes. <laughs> but yeah it's Istanbul Istanbul was, amazing yeah it was I so university yeah. in turkey tell us about that yeah i it, it was great um they, they they've got you know turkey has a really fascinating history with the ottoman empire and the, mm. the modern turkish republic um, and that this whole book's just written about that transition for the country. And I think that um, studying there is to go back uh, or is, is to enter a sort of chapter of history um, for Turkey, even just in the way that they, they teach international law uh, um, as it interacts with their country. Uh, and the methods of teaching were brilliant, actually, uh, and put uh, my experience in Australia and into contrast. Uh, but, but during that time in Istanbul, I had the chance to visit Iran for a couple of weeks. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, which, and, and, you know, it, it's sort of a border country, so it doesn't feel like it's, it's so far. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I did that just, just through uh, a colleague that I'd studied with and she'd sort of invited me to, yeah, to go there and, and stay with her Iran. family. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, I did that with with a couple of other Australians that I studied with, uh, and we had a great time. And I uh, remember sort of wanting to return to that country after graduation. It's interesting you say that. My sister, my older sister, um, went to Iran with her husband for three weeks, and she said she's travelled all over wow. the world. She said it's one of the best holidays, one of the most amazing experiences she's ever had in wow. her life, and would love to go back. So what wow. what what is it wow. about Iran that makes it so interesting? I, I could second mm. that completely. Uh, uh, Persian culture is so hospitable and so so generous, and I think um, the, the people really have suffered through a lot and are so eager to welcome you to their country and leave you with a really good impression of their hospitality. The snow there is also phenomenal. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. the, the, the backcountry skiing that they have. Yeah, it's great. Uh, when did your sister visit? Did she was that fairly recently? Or? Oh, I think it was about five years ago. Great. Yeah. yeah. Great. Great. Okay, so you, so I, you're I think in... that's when I was there. Yeah, 20, 2016. Mm. So yeah. you're in Iran. You've um, have you finished your degree at this point? Uh so so after graduating in Brisbane, I uh, I applied for and and accepted a contract with the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime in the anti-corruption department. Okay. And yeah, and, and so it was sort of a Amazing. Uh, Where was that? Um, that was based in Tehran, just yeah. in the main city there. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. did you what did you do there? Ah, uh, so I was based in the in the anti-corruption division and it was an working interesting at, working as a lawyer. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, yep. uh, and 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 also a bit of uh, policy, uh, which yeah, sort of gives you great exposure to that relationship between the the UN and Iran, which has been um, fr yeah fractured uh, mm. in the past. And uh, 
but it, it was incredibly eye-opening during that that time because it was sort of this high watermark um for Iran in terms of its relationships with uh yeah with with the world so the the sanctions deal um that the p5 plus one uh countries had agreed with Iran uh was just about to come into effect in in 2016 January mm. so you know so Iran has been under some form of of sanctions since 17 since 1979 and uh and Iran was just about to see the lifting of those sanctions great time to be there it was yeah people were celebrating in the streets yeah and so how did the um the John Monash scholarship come about what um what made you stick your hand up for that? Yeah, uh, so the John Monash Scholarship, uh, gosh, where to start? It is, I, I remember hearing about um, this fantastic, fantastic scholarship foundation uh, in my penultimate year at UQ mm-hmm. and uh, and hearing from, from a colleague at, at UQ, Catherine, Drummond, uh, just about the sort of degree of, of exposure that it could give you to a great network of um, of professionals, and uh, and then just just the way also that um, yeah, j- just through through meeting that network and gaining that um, international exposure, how you could really then um, move overseas, uh, have that um, fantastic. Uh, opportunity to yeah. to uh, study internationally and then um, bring those skills back to Australia and be a part of that network um, through your career. And then so what was it that made you think, actually, I'm going to have a crack at this. This is for me. Yeah, it was, it was through, uh, I, I think at, at that time, really looking uh, at, how I wanted to, how I wanted to use international law, mm-hmm. um, and where I was located in in Australia, and how that uh, exposure to practicing overseas um, could could be beneficial for Australia yeah. in the long run. Okay, so you applied, and then what the interview process starts, and yeah, how was that? Was that uh, was that nerve wracking going through all those interviews? It, it, it was, but it was actually brilliant. Um, yeah, and and I think it also goes to uh, yeah. It really um, it, it's true that uh, you know at, at the beginning what you think you're applying for, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you can never anticipate. Then you know on the other side of the the fence, just how hard and 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 brilliant you know the opportunity is going to be. You don't you don't know what you you've got yourself in for, mm. and it's better than you could could have ever expected. Really? Um, yeah, and, and I think just that just the process of meeting that interview panel for the you know the state selection process and then the national selection process um, really you, highlighted uh, just how valuable the network was going to be. Yeah. Did you you obviously you know you do a bit of prep ahead of those interviews, and I, I imagine you could probably anticipate some of the questions but did you yeah. get some, did you get some curly questions out of left field that you thought well there's no there's no way I could have prepared for that I, I'm I'm sure I, I did uh, yeah I can remember definitely feeling like I was waffling <laughs> my responses at, at stages in the process and you're also so intimidated by just the you know the caliber of the people who are interviewing you um 
I remember, yeah, the, the national board was a combination of former Olympic athletes, um, Margaret White, who's a former Court of Appeal judge, and so many leaders from the, the educational sector. And, and just the fact that, you know, they, they've taken such an interest in you and read your CV so well. And they also make you feel so comfortable um, wow. during that process. Yeah, it's you, you get that sense of, you know, it's not just a, a scholarship opportunity. It's also just a, a great group of professionals who have invested their time and, and dedicated their energy to the next generation's progress. Do you remember um, where you were when you got the phone call to say, or was it an email? I don't know. How did you, where yeah. you were when you found out that you'd actually got the scholarship? I do, I do. It was a really, really great day. Uh, I was so excited. I was in Brisbane. Um, yeah, and we went out for dinner that night. It was great. Yeah. Mm. And so you you chose Columbia University in the US. What was your reasoning behind choosing that institution? Yeah. Uh, so I was I was driven to apply for US universities because of uh, the the United States has this really great track record of of leading the world in its um, anti-bribery prosecutions. Okay. So, yeah, so I like there's lots Australia can, can I think, learn from those U.S. enforcement actions. And then Columbia University specifically had uh, a great department that, um, that had an outreach program with developing countries, helping them also police uh, corruption and bribery. And... Um... Living, studying in the in the US. Tell us about that experience. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, hand, hands down. New York is such a creative city, and uh, I think you learn so much about yourself and so much about your profession and and what you're capable of through living there. And uh, and then also just um, being at Columbia University. The, the the people that you study with you know that that's that's almost half the, the Where, experience whereabouts is it in new york it's a uh, 116th street so upper manhattan mm, okay yeah. so i imagine given given the space restrictions in new york it's not it's not the world's biggest university in terms of land size it, it it's sort of it's it's a bit of an uh, it's uh yeah it's interwoven into the uh the the streets up there <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's it's very sprawling but like gorgeous gorgeous campus and I had a really great bike ride each day I remember from from the from South Manhattan up to uh, 116th Street so that really broke the day up in a nice way. <laughs> Were there lots of other um lots of other Aussies studying over there that you that you uh, ran into or met? Yes, uh, absolutely. In fact, we were so lucky. There were three Australian John Monash scholars, uh, all studying at Columbia at the same time. Yeah, really? it was it was absolutely brilliant. So, so we're all really close today, Jackie and and Steve. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and, and you know, we would meet up for breakfast each Monday while we were there, and um, it was great to have that. Yeah, that support going through the program. So while you were studying over there, did you um, were you were you working as a as a working in law at all, or were you doing doing yeah. other work? Yeah, I I uh, I started work uh, with a great law firm, White and Case, before um, starting the master's degree. So I'd started work for them um, 
which was which was great just to move to New York and find an apartment and sort mm. of get settled in the city and then have that that beautiful opportunity um, to complete the master's degree and then return back to work at the law firm. And uh, and during the the program at Columbia, I had the opportunity to work with uh, a great international law barrister, Amal Clooney, um, who uh, has been a phenomenal um, career mentor. And uh, yeah, that that work I think was was really eye opening um, and a great opportunity. And so um, so you finished there, uh, and did you come back to Australia pretty much straight away? I, I remained in the U.S. for another uh, couple of years after. Oh, okay, yeah. And, yeah. and that was that was then just obviously working as a lawyer. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so you're back home now in um, in sunny Queensland. So what what uh, what yeah. can you tell us about uh, the work that you're doing now? Yeah. So uh, I have sort of taken on a bit of a mix of. Uh, local community projects, which I'm really enjoying. Um, and, and it's great to sort of have exposure to, yeah, to Australian politics and, um, and also be uh, looking at um, the, the policy of the Australian government. And, and especially during this time, I think it is a really great um, uh, t- period of change in the world. And mm. uh, yeah, and we're all learning about how to adapt and respond and and governments are as well um and the nature of conflict around the world is changing uh so so it's great to be able to sort of be based in australia and have that exposure to what's going on here and then also um keep my uh foot dipped in international policy is it is it good to be home back in australia wonderful absolutely wonderful yeah Mm. uh yeah we're we've got such a great country and um yeah, I'm so grateful for, uh, yeah, our, um, I think our Australian government's, um, yeah, the, the, the way that the whole country right now is, um, has adapted and responded and, uh, yeah. Have you ever, have you ever thought about a career in, um, within government, in politics? Uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah. Yeah. Is, so it we'll on, is, it, is it on the cards? <laughs> I don't know. Well, <laughs> There's no announcement well, pending, is there? Not, uh, <laughs> not, not yet, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's definitely something I'd consider. Yeah, okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Abigail, it's been wonderful catching up with you today and hearing about your experiences in Australia and overseas. We will follow your career with much interest and we thank you very much for joining us on the Scholars Podcast today. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate your time.